Welcome to another episode of Condo Comrades. Yes, you're actually getting uh, another one of these. This is our podcast about Marie Kondo, her Netflix program, Tidying Up, and other matters of import in the Condoverse, the wide-ranging Condoverse. I'm your host, Eric Kaoli, a.k.a. the Skincare Spender, the Planner God, ASAP Olympia, Young Ube Ice Cream, a.k.a. the Filipino Bull, ugh, the Filipino Bull in Marina Wool. See, I knew that one was a bit too complicated to throw out. I thought out it was there. good. I liked it. <laughs> okay, that other voice you're hearing is my co-host, Kenneth Deakins, a.k.a. Mr. Yikes, the book burner, Kenny Kondo, and the misogyny monitor. Hey, I felt like you had more hey. names than me, and I'm, um, I'm, when I, when our, our contract negotiations come up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put in a stipulation that I need to have at least as many nicknames as you. <laughs> you're welcome to throw some out there if you ever pick up any but every every time we prepare to record an episode i'm like what new nicknames do you have and you don't okay you give me nothing to work that's with. your job i i'm, I'm too busy filling <laughs> out the outline and putting in the articles of the things we're actually going to talk about for more than the first 45 yeah. seconds yeah. okay <laughs> well yeah work work it out in the, with the contract negotiations and then we can we can talk about it all right um you would think we'd have a lot to apologize for since we've waited so long to record another one of these episodes, but actually we just want to apologize that we are recording another episode. You thought you were done with this. You thought um, Marie Kondo wasn't uh, slated to do another season, so you had years before you had to hear our voices again, but nope. For those completionists out there who are forced to listen to this, Or we the people on Twitter because... who only follow Eric to hear exactly video game news and are mad that he talks about other things like <laughs> I don't know, being Filipino and skincare and literally anything else besides video games. Mm-hmm. I'm not sorry to them. I'm not apologizing <laughs> to them. Neither am I. I'm just making fun of them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a- any moment you could unfollow. You, it's not like I'm the only one on the internet talking about video games. You could so. probably say that there are actually too many people on the internet talking about video games. Probably. You knew what it was when you signed up. Um, what do we want to start with? Well, I want to I want to start with this this um, very offensive article in the New York Times called "Have We Hit Peak Podcast." Um, this blew up in the internet. I know you saw it, and I saw it. And I was very mad because I felt like they were personally calling us out. Oh, summarize it for me. What, what okay. do we have to be? Angry well, I'll about? just I'll just I'll just start with the open open quote. In 2006, Morgan Mandrida at 2016. 2016. What did I say? Yeah. 2006. Yeah, whatever. What's, 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 <laughs> a, what's a decade? And Lester Lee, two freelance writers looking to grow their personal brands, decided to start a podcast. They called it Adv- The Advice Podcast. It put it about as much energy into the show's production as they did the name. After all, no one was paying them for this yet. Each week, the friends, neither of whom had professional experience dispensing advice, Men in a free room at the local library and recorded themselves chatting with an iPhone 5. We'd assumed we'd be huge, have affiliate marketing deals and advertisements, Miss Mandretta said. But six episodes in, when neither Asper Machos nor Meandies had come knocking, the friends quit. All right. You could have featured us in this article. You know, I, I could have been in the New York Times. <laughs> why, why, why Lester and Morgan? I'm mad. Is, this, is, this is exactly our story. It's true. And, uh, we, we even tried to become an advice podcast, but all our, our viewers were too lazy to <laughs> send in questions. No, actually, we were we were actually more lazy than they were because they actually recorded the advice podcast, and we talked about recording an advice. Yeah, podcast. I guess. I mean, I don't want to. I want to listen to this because I don't understand who they gave advice for, to. <laughs> like most of the advice podcasts, like they have people writing questions. I, I kind of want advice from them now. I'll write in and say, um, what should we do with our podcast? How do we how do we get on the New York Times like you did? How can how can we get how can we get on the level where people hate us for <laughs> lazily recording for, it's, a podcast? It's free advertising. Anyway, they caught they caught a lot of heat online for just expecting to get famous and just for recording this generic podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like you you think about it, like the early internet. Getting into domain names like advice.com or or riddles.com, that's big money there. (laughs) 
where did, where did riddles.com come from? What? I, I feel like any any generic, you know, I, I feel like snagging the name, the advice podcast is actually a, a great move. Yeah, you know, it's like if I'm uh-huh. if I'm a person, I'm like, okay, podcast. Someone tells me podcasts are where you get advice. I'm gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna search for the advice podcast and listen to that to get advice. So I, I feel like they should be get get respect for this name, not not disrespect. I do like that. Uh, the New York Times is shade, neither of whom had professional experience dispensing advice, which is like neither of whom had professional experience tidying <laughs> or. <laughs> keeping their homes clean neither of whom have consumed more than a handful of hours of uh marie kondo I content I know. It's, it's, it really could be us just like yeah give us the I new know. Times there's, photo there's shoot. no difference between us and them at least they got great headshots out my of favorite this. thing about that is in the article if you look at the headshots it has like all this recording equipment in it but if you read the article it says they recorded on iphone 5 stories don't match up yeah Oh yeah, for for those who've actually made it this far, I'll I'll post a photo on Twitter of my recording setup so you can see how professional it is, how how I have the microphone um, on top of a a board game box, a journal, and a um just a really thick book just to get the the mic tall enough. You'd be, to my you'd mouth. be surprised you need that much stuff to get it up to your height. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That was a that was a heavy peach, oh, and you I'm picked sorry, it, man. Kenny. <laughs> I like how I like how they um complain also about not getting getting sponsorships because I could never <laughs> relate because <laughs> obviously we we got the darn oh that's what we're gonna talk about later yeah we got the darn tough sponsorship we're gonna go into that in, in a little Did bit. We? What get the sponsorship? Yeah. No, but I mean, we we can pretend, right? Um, I guess this is the <laughs> can we parody. get sued for that? <laughs> can we get sued for that? Well, I I don't know. I, I actually um, there was I was reading a, this snippet of a pretty good legal case about it, and so the 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 official ruling was that um, satire and parody doesn't have to convince literally everyone to still be satire and parody. You know, you you're judged by the standard of a reasonable person, not the dumbest person on Facebook. And this was like an actual legal ruling. <laughs> well, I, I like to think all our people, all the people listening to this are um, are reasonable, intelligent. And that's why uh, if if you're an advertiser looking for a podcast sponsor, looking for an educated audience to pitch, to show your goods to, um, hit us up. What is the email address, Kenny? Um, Condocomrades at gmail.com. Yeah, it that forwards to our professional um <laughs> email where we actually bought a domain so we we're just using this gmail temporarily it's a it's a very pro setup that we have it's true <laughs> with, with the, as soon as you say it's true your smoke detector <laughs> chime is on in the back that needs the battery placed okay it's uh, not my smoke wanna... detector it's a smoke detector in the hallway which is why it hasn't been replaced because no one wants to do it do we have anything else that we want to want to blast this um this rival podcast group or somehow tie it into the condoverse? Um, I guess Spotify get at us. We're we're still begging for that sponsorship money. Yeah, you know they just um, it, it's it's looking like they got some sort of deal with Rihanna. Really? Is she gonna have a podcast? No, I think it's gonna be something about an album release. But they did get um, uh, former President Barack Obama. They hit him up and got got him a podcast deal. There's a there's an Obama podcast. Well, it's coming, I think. Okay. On Spotify. I hope he I hope he like talk. He reverts to just like his his is a dirtbag teenage years when he smoked weed. It's like ganja gang stuff. Okay, Kenny. That's, <laughs> that was the best. That, Obama. That's the content you're looking for. <laughs> um, I, what? Oh. Let's. Go ahead. Go on. No, I was gonna segue. Uh, I just, I just like all this stuff about Obama's like teen years are so great. He was just like, and I think like the first president you, to actually admit to smoking weed. Were you actually reading the his autobiography? I've re- I've read snippets of it. Mostly the things people were mad about, and most of the things people were mad about were actually the coolest parts of him. Yeah, I've heard excerpts from um 
dreams from my father, but I I need to to pick it up. I'm still waiting for the manga version of the Barack Obama autobiography to come out, and maybe that'll be more digestible for me. I've heard it's actually really good. Uh, like I think a lot of that stuff is um is kind of like you know it's all like ghost written PR speak, and like you know I don't I don't think Barack Obama actually really wrote it. You know I think I think it was largely ghost written, um, which is fine. You know people are professional writers for a reason but it's still it's still pretty and i got i got i got really annoyed the other week when i learned that um i knew tiffany haddish's autobiography which was i think um it was called the last black unicorn it's her it's her memoir and it's really really good and i thought i don't know it turns it turns out the the ghostwriter was is a it's kind of a shitbag really yeah um written with tucker max oh what I know, right? Well, I I've heard he's gotten you know he was he was a huge shitbag, and he kind of repented a lot. And but like, it's really hard to make amends for what he was like, <laughs> and all the stuff he wrote. Um, yeah, I don't know, but it, I was pretty disappointed with that because I really did enjoy her memoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing though about Barack Obama's. Um, autobiography i'm pretty sure he he recorded the audiobook for it too so i should go listen to that it's probably available through my library yeah that sounds great i listen to a lot of audiobooks yeah maybe that's why uh, i know a lot of people like to listen to advice podcasts and i think a lot of them do it during work and maybe that's why i never got into it because i just listen to audiobooks instead of okay can we talk about what tidying we've done lately it's been a while so we should have a lot to talk about yeah Tell me what, what you've been doing, Ken. Um, so I, w- I would say there there's like probably two big things. One, since it's been extremely hot in New York City, uh, we've had the air conditioner on a lot. And our air conditioner is just like a dust spewing machine. So I need to vacuum way more than I used to. So I'm, I'm like mm-hmm. on a, I pretty much vacuum every week in our bedroom because otherwise the dust is too much. Um, and that's, that's just sort of, that's sort of my life now. Yeah, and that's more cleaning than tidying, but it really does affect. I mean, even just seeing dust around your house is kind. Of, it kind of isn't not even annoying. It's just like, oh, I got to deal with this. Yeah, and I, I think we have to keep things tidy because otherwise, things in our bedroom get covered in dust and make it so we can't vacuum. Um, and so, just just sort of like keep keeping things tight in there has been more important. Um, and then yeah, the other thing is this is tidying adjacent, I guess, which is the qualifier we used and forgot about. Um, <laughs> our sink was leaking, and I fixed it, which was which was very satisfying. Whoa, you got you you broke out the wrench. I didn't actually even need a wrench, um, but it was I had to replace the handle, and then like under the sink, I had to like take off, and there was there was like a clog in it that I had to like get out and then put it back. So that was, that was very satisfying. I looked up a bunch of like YouTube videos about how to, how to do stuff. Um, yeah. Pl- plumbing repair is still tidying adjacent. Yeah. And that that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. And I w- being able to handle that yourself. I would say it really isn't that hard. Um, like, especially you can, I like looked up the exact, yeah, I think like, especially like the handle part, like, Basically, like, if you turned it on all the way, it would leak out the handle water. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just looked up, like, the model. And then I was, they're like, okay, here are all the parts of it. Here's how they go together. Here are, like, the things that can go wrong. Here are, like, the, and I had to get some, like, replacement springs. Um, mm-hmm. And I went to, like, Home Depot. That was one of the first repairs I ever did where, um, I ordered some parts for our, our faucet on our kitchen sink and I was able to look up stuff and it was really pretty easy fix. Yeah. It's, 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 I think, I guess just like, I mean, like obviously like a lot of that stuff you can do yourself. Um, it's, it's not as hard. I mean, obviously if there's like pipes that need to be replaced, I would probably call a plumber, but I got, I got a related tidying disaster Ooh. that recently occurred. So uh, Alexis was taking a bath last week and we have one of those um shower caddy organizer things where it's like you know it's a long pole and there's these shelves on it and you put it in a corner Mm -hmm. and then you can 
they're pretty convenient because you can put all the stuff that you use in the bath in this one section instead of having them if, if you have a bathtub you would normally just put it i don't know in the corners like every single corner or around the edge of it the rim of it and she was in the middle of taking a bath and not sure how the thing just slipped and fell on her head and it was pretty heavy oh like boy. all this stuff it like it left like a knot on her head and i imagined it's pretty scary that so now i have to come up like once that happens like e- even if it just happens once right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just put it back there like i either have to come up with like buy a replacement sort of item or um find a new way to organize all the all the different shampoos and um what else do i put on there put like some exfoliation liquid type deal and soaps and things and yeah all sort all the sorts of stuff that you use in a bath that you can't just stick in stick in a corner you need shelves for it uh so i'm open to two recommendations for well that. i mean so I, you know what the condom method is but what is that you keep all the stuff like under the sink or out of out of the it the bath itself and then you take it in with you when you when you take a shower or the bath we i don't do that but that, that's that's the official sanctioned method and i sort of get where it's coming from is that um a lot of gunk builds up on all that stuff and you know when it's when it's in the wet zone um it, that's it true kind of gross yeah like i um whenever i clean the our shower bathtub and spray it with stuff i'm not sure what to do with that corner i'm like do i do i spray this corner and all our um, bottles in that corner with the same stuff that i'm spraying the rest of this this bathtub with yeah so we actually just have a window in our bathroom that has a ledge and so that's where we put all our stuff um yeah though it's pretty convenient i used to have a um an apartment like that where i could do that and and it, and it also feels pretty nice uh like I, I think i think when you have like the shelves it can feel cramped sometimes oh i thought you were gonna say just being able to open the window in the shower uh, feels it nice. does feel nice too it it's it's very much uh what was the the meme for a while? Shower oranges. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you can eat a, eat an orange while you're taking a shower, and it's a, the the feeling of the cool. Oh, I thought it was just that like oranges are like really juicy and gross, and when you eat them in the shower, you don't need to worry about getting covered and stuff. Oh, that too. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that's actually a more gross image. <laughs> I I always I thought it was more like the the shower beer which I, I don't do but you hear of people drinking beer in the shower in a hot shower okay well that there's that, there's that. um <laughs> well i th- i think what's it's convenient having this thing in the shower yeah yeah i mean i i think this is like one of her more extreme um uh, positions but it is it's something you could try yeah, like if you have like me, like a complicated skincare regime, mm-hmm. and I I keep I I do some of the steps while I'm in the shower, mm-hmm. so it's very useful for that because like I'll do like my second cleanser and my um my exfoliation in there, just so like I'm not standing in front of the sink and mirror for twenty minutes trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can get a lot of stuff. Um, so actually, I I, I was um, watching a, a stream on Twitch, which is, you know, it's the demographics are uh, pretty pretty male. But I, I watch some streams that are a little less nerdy, and someone was asking the guy streaming what his what his skincare regime was, and he was saying he doesn't actually use anything except he changes his pillowcase every night, um, which. <laughs> which is wild yeah he said he's 14 pillowcases because he does laundry every two weeks and he changes his pillowcase uh-huh. every night um but that is like a real tip is that a lot of a lot of the stuff is that like your pillow gets gross from all your like nighttime sweat uh, your your dead skin yeah, cells and, and um it is it is an important part of your skincare regime to think about is making sh- how how often do you change yours? once a week yeah that's what i do i i wash I wash it with like my towels and stuff. Yeah, every week. And I, I thought, I thought that was pretty, pretty. Um, what's the word? Pretty regular. Pretty. 
often already. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was more than most because most dudes don't even think to change their pillow sheets or to wash their sheets. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I'm. I mean, I. I think. I think it's. It's pretty good. I mean, I. I feel like I should like maybe step up to twice a week, um, but I need more pillowcases before I can do that. Or do laundry more. We need to more often. We need to get um, get advice from uh, uh Ms. Kondo on this because she's got immaculate skin, and I'm guessing she has a whole routine for her pillowcases. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think I think, I think it's one like skincare is one of those things. It's like, you know, like tidy. It's more than just like it's you know generally being tidy and having like clean clean sheets and clean yeah, clothes like, will help it's there's all sorts of factors and like your diet and yeah. your exposure to the sun and all yeah all this stuff kind of plays into it um something interesting alexis has a i think a kind of a silk pillow she- pillowcase okay or pillow sheet whatever and I-, I think it might be more for hair stuff mm-hmm. but it also helps with your skin that's a that's interesting maybe that's maybe yeah maybe that's what we need to start doing hot hot silk pillowcase tech all right. If, if any of you have advice on your pillowcases or want to share your <laughs> your pillowcase routine, email us at uh, kindocomrades at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter. We'll put our handles at the end of this episode. Um, can we talk about Marie's moves that she's been up we, to? We can. It's been a while since we recorded. And I, I, I don't know if you noticed, I keep trying to somehow fit in like, oh yeah, this is a a Condoverse podcast. I try to insert her into um, these completely irrelevant topics that we bring up. So she's been doing a bunch of stuff. She's releasing a book for kids soon, like a illustrated book called Kiki and Jack's The Life-Changing Magic of Friendship. And she's uh, co- co-writing it with uh, Selena Yoon, who's also illustrating it. And um, it's just like a, a picture book about tidying featuring some animal creatures. I like it. Um, so it stars a, a squirrel and an owl, it looks like. Let me just read the summary. The KonMari method inspires a charming friendship story that is sure to spark joy. Kiki and Jax are best friends, but they couldn't be more different. The one thing they always agree on is how much fun they have together. But when things start to get in the way, can they make space for what always spark joy? Each other? I like it. That's that's good. Yeah, I, I think it's the next step if of like having a digestible version of her method, and I guess one for kids. If kids, if you know, have some kids who wants to want to participate when you do your own I tidying, mean, or 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 if you're a know a parent or are a parent who wants their kids to participate in tidying, because. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm implying. Yeah. What, what what was the implication <laughs> oh, you were getting? From I thought me? you were saying like if you if you know a kid who's really interested in tidy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just walk around like at the mall hey, like you're working a kiosk. Hey kids, you want to learn how to tidy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm not talking to kids on the regular. Just <laughs> just approaching them. <laughs> yeah. So this is a a, a cute book. And um, yeah, there's it's going to be released as a hardcover for about eighteen bucks this fall, I think. Yeah, I, I, Barnes and Nobles has it listed at for November fifth. Um, actually, we'll fuck Barnes and Nobles. We're going to put like an affiliate link to the Amazon <laughs> pre-order. <laughs> link. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like an interesting book. I know she's also working on that. Still working on um, a follow-up to her adult uh, her books geared for adults. Um, that'll be more about um, tidying in the workplace, but this is a uh, this is interesting. This is fun. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It reminds me a little bit of Little T Learns to Share. Hmm. Well, yeah. Now that I think about it, I don't, I don't recall ever having anything like this where it's like here's here's a book for learning how to um, not have your room look like a total mess or pigsty. That was what my mom called it when I was a kid. Yeah. A pigsty. Claire, Claire had a book called um, Little Fritz and the Mets and the Mess Fairy. Uh, uh-huh. I love yeah. it. I, I'm, I'm in love with the Mess Fairy because that's who I want to be when I grow up. 
I mean, he he makes a big mess, or rather, the fairy does, and then everything's a disaster because he hates Queen, and he learns a lesson. Mm-hmm. It sounds better than that, because I think I think a lot of kids just look at a mess and they're like, "This is fine," but but when yeah. you teach them that, like, "Oh, hey, it makes it harder to like play with your friends," um, then I think they can they can learn a real lesson from that. Yeah, or this will give you a lot less stress when you look around your room. Yeah. I, I, even as a kid, I had stress about that. Like everything is falling apart. Oh really? Like, I did. Why? <laughs> like, why, why can't I get this shit together? Um, other moves from Miss Kondo. She picked up a sponsorship from, um, super giant mega corporation retailer Rakuten did you hear about this? Um, I, I didn't until you, you told me. So she is actually taking on the position of um, ambassador of joy. I, I don't I don't know what that entails. Joy ambassador. I don't know what that entails. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's just like a, a title that they threw to like... So it's some sort of sponsorship that she's going to be doing with them. A lot of, um, a lot of promotion through mm. them and their products. Uh, do you ever buy anything from them? No, I don't. Do you have Do you have any high recommendations? Well, I got into a conversation about because we were just looking through through some of their their products with my friend uh, Lorenzo and uh, JC, and we were looking at rice dispensers mm. because you would have much better luck trying to find um, I guess a product geared toward Asians from in uh, a Tokyo based retailer than you would at some someplace like Amazon. Mm-hmm. And there was a product. We'll put it in the show notes, or we'll put it somewhere. I don't know. It's a um, a rice clip that is shaped like a duck's head, where the bill is the clip, and um, the head also acts as a rice scoop. What what is a rice so, clip? It's what clips the bag of rice shut. Yes. Oh, yes. Come. So it's very it's it's got a dual purpose, and it was very cute. And I was like freaking out over this and it looked really awesome. But then I was able to find it through like Amazon's import shops because everything I think on Rakuten is also on, well, a lot of stuff is also on Amazon because the the Chinese sellers also throw their stuff on there. And, um, but it was like a lot more expensive through Amazon. Mm-hmm. That sounds, that sounds nice. I, we, we have just a big, we have a rice jar, um, but I, I could that's be... what most people need. You don't. You don't need more than that. I know. You, I know. You are always telling me about the rice, um, rice tower, or rice. Yeah, we called it a rice robot when okay. we were kids. But it's um, it's, yeah, it is like a tower, and it's got like these buttons where you can push from one cup, two cup, and three cups. Oh, that's cool. And then you can dump the rice into your cooker. It's very useful for families. Um, and it was really weird because. I always thought a lot, all Asians had this. And then when I grew up, I realized it was just something that people in the Philippines and maybe South Korea had. And I, I know it's growing in popularity in, a, in other Asian countries, but they're really convenient. Yeah, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff like that that's interesting. One of my friends, I think he went to Argentina or I think it was maybe the Falkland Islands. And he said that literally everyone had the combination convectionary toaster microwave oven mm-hmm. um you know it was just like a single box that had all three things in it and it was it was just like everyone cooked with it and you could use like all three options at once um that is wild i know i've never heard of anything like that i know i didn't either and he said <laughs> that like yeah like it was it was like everyone used it and it's it's one of those like fun little things going back to um this this partnership, he the details are Rakuten will invest in Conmarie Media to become a majority shareholder and support its management to grow the business worldwide. So this is actually like a huge deal. I mean, because this is a, a giant company yeah. throwing their money into it. And yeah, it seems like a big deal. Yeah, that's, that's an exciting, exciting times. Should we, should we, hopefully she still retains a ton of control. But yeah, I, I'm not sure what this means for the future of the brand, but 
it's shout outs to her yeah. for, for for turning tidying into what she's, she's gonna be making like hundreds of millions soon right yeah get get money get paid yeah so shout outs to her for that and a congrats to her for that also congrats what what else do we have to congratulate her for kenny the big news oh yeah so the emmys are happening soon um for you're forgiven if you thought they already happened because i did too um but she got she got two nominations nice first outstanding host for a reality or competition program obvious obvious winner uh-huh. and outstanding <laughs> structured reality program also obvious winner um and I, so who who's she up against in these okay she's got up against a lot of jokers and i, I got i got some <laughs> i got some things to say about some okay of, some yeah you you could jump into into your your rant for each person. I'm I'm excited to hear about okay. it. Okay, first for the host. Um, first is James Corden for the world's best. Never heard of this. Assume it's some bullshit British show. James Corden sucks. <laughs> Everyone knows this. He just yeah. James Corden is trash. <laughs> James Corden is the the British Hugh Jackman, which is he tries way too hard and it's annoying. Except- wait, wait, wait a second. I just realized I don't know who this is. Is this the guy who's on, who does um, the the car stuff? Uh, like car karaoke? It might. Yeah, that sounds right. He was in Ocean's oh, car- 8. Um, and- okay, yeah, it, it is the carpool karaoke guy. Yeah, this guy is trash. Yeah. <laughs> He's real annoying. Tries way too mm-hmm. hard. No idea what the world's best is. Undeserved. Complete joker. All right, next, Ellen for Ellen's Game of Games. I like Ellen. Not gonna say anything bad about her. I've never mm-hmm. seen Game of Games. I assume it's it's fun. She's a great host. She's very charismatic, but she has a a million Emmys. Um, so anyway, after that <laughs> are both Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman for Making It. Those are two separate nominations. They co-hosted this show called Making It. I like them both. Um, however. I watched Making It. Making It is not great. Um, it, it was basically a reality show. It was like a crafting reality show. And I thought it was kind of, they kind of like fucked up the format where they they eliminated someone every week, except everyone had like a different crafting style. You know, so someone did like felt crafts. Someone did like carpentry. Uh, and like, so all their stuff was like all over the place in terms of what it, what it was. And I feel like the show would have been better if they just had everyone around. So you constantly like, like people didn't shift mediums ever. They like they did the kind of craft they were good at. So it didn't really make sense to eliminate people and just felt kind of like the show would have been way better served being like, hey, here are a bunch of people talented in different areas of crafting. Um, and here's what they made for this challenge. It's like build a children's playhouse. Um, anyway, um, and they were like fine as hosts, but it was it was yes so far i've never heard of any of these shows except for this next one okay after that rupaul for rupaul's drag race um obviously i'm a big fan of rupaul's drag race however rupaul is far and away the worst part of the show um <laughs> you know he's he's um i don't know a bit he's problematic just, he's, he's problematic he's said some anti-trans stuff um he's sort of just kind of annoying in the show a lot of the time with just sort of getting everyone to like open up in this very superficial way to talk about like their trauma and then dispense advice that I feel like is often not great. Um, and can kind of like talk down to people who are also adults sometimes, but I, re- I respect, I respect the show for having a space for, for drag race. That's, um, that's actually some strong competition there for Miss Kondo, RuPaul, Amy Poehler, Ellen. Yeah, I mean, Amy Poehler is great. But the show is actually just legitimately not that great. Ellen, okay. <laughs> Ellen and RuPaul are, are standouts. James Corden is just should, is a joke. Yeah, get uh, this guy out of here. Get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Then we're, then we're going to go for... But I, I think I think she can win this. Um, and, you know, I feel like everyone else is... On, on this list has been around for a while yeah but all right hit, hit me with the next category who's your competition for outstanding structured reality program um first off is who do you think you are 
which I got to respond with exactly that question to whatever the fuck this show is. <laughs> <laughs> what is that a uh, dancing show? Um, so you think you can dance? Yeah. I, I don't think that's uh, been on in a while. It hasn't, but one time uh, there was like, um, there's a local organization here and they had like a, a kind of similar competition event here that they were doing. It was, but it was like run by Filipinos. And I think they called it, you think you can dance. I think they just took out the, so, and it, <laughs> but it, it just completely changes the tone of the question. Like you think you can dance. That's good. I, I love so. it. Yeah. But I don't know if it was intentional or they just didn't know the, cause it's very, it's very plausible that these these um, Filipinos did not know the actual title of the show and thought it was "You Think You Can Dance." Yeah, I love it. Okay, who else? Who else is there? Um, her competition, Queer Eye, who I've talked about a lot, um, mm-hmm. which is I think great it, show. It, it is a good show and is in a very similar space, but I think um, they and I, I've talked. They sort of Queer Eye gives a lot more money to the people, and I think that is part of why, you know, <laughs> why they're able to have so much success in transforming people's lives. Like they give these people like totally new furniture, you know, they, yeah, people, they remodel, yeah, they re- remodel yeah. their home and, you know, make it a lot of, and it's sort of, uh, okay. It's like a show about toxic masculinity and stuff like that. And it talks about it pretty well, but it is also just like, they give people a whole new wardrobe and they spend a lot of money to improve their life and sort of pretend they don't. Um, and that is just the advice. And it sort of makes the show a lot less accessible than um, Tidying Up is. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Next is Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, which I, I will say Guy Fieri, it looks like a complete joker. He's actually kind of a nice guy. Um, and the show is kind of like fine. Um, it's, I don't, I don't hate it that much. And, you know, it's, it's sort of a thing where, it can find hidden gems and gives them a real boost, but it's also been on the air for like 15 years mm-hmm. um, and is not that great. <laughs> it's fine. Antiques Roadshow. Um, honestly, who gives a shit? What? The show is great. It's, it's <laughs> great, but it's not like they're just doing the same thing. You're right. You're right. It's, it's not, but it, it, it it's still, it's still a great moment when you see somebody have something that's way more expensive or way like more historic than what they thought it was. But it's, it's also so good when somebody brings in a fake. Mm. <laughs> oh wait, no, actually my, that's not, that's not it. My, my favorite part is when somebody thinks that something should have a lot more money in it and then they have to still like react like that they're happy with the amount of money that the, um, the expert has quoted mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll just be like, oh oh that's nice <laughs> but yeah. you can see it in their face <laughs> that they wanted uh, they wanted whatever they brought in to be more worth more than what they thought my favorite is when they have some like antique chair and mm-hmm. and then it's like 600 dollars or something which is pretty good and then they cut to someone who has some like grotesque like early <laughs> 1900s like manufactured toy almost racist and it's just like oh yeah this is worth ten thousand dollars oh yeah <laughs> for like definitely a... <laughs> those almost racist um items are like making bank yeah. on antiques roadshow <laughs> those and like uh stolen stolen artifacts stolen cultural artifacts are making huge bank. <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah you have like this tang dynasty <laughs> earthenware or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, I also like in Antiques Roadshow when they're like, oh, well, check out this cabinet. Oh, by the way, here's this hidden compartment that you didn't know about, <laughs> which is always kind of dope. Oh, yeah, that's 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 great. I'm off. You know, everyone loves a secret compartment. Yeah. So they're, they're uh, her last competitor, Shark Tank, which I'm also surprised is still on. Um, people love that show. It's kind of enjoyable to watch. Really? I was just like the regular of like Mark Cuban, the biggest joker on the planet. <laughs> Um, a lot of people have forgotten this. I haven't. He had his own ripoff of um, The Apprentice with him. It ran for one season, and it was like The Apprentice, but stupider. And it, it's just like one of the greatest like anti billionaire propaganda 
ever because it's just like he's clearly just a fucking idiot and like the fine the second to last challenge in this show which is normally supposed to be about like oh how good would he be about um handling a business is he has he takes people to the maverick stadium and he has them shoot free throws and who you know the person who misses the free throws gets eliminated and that's that's like how mark cuban decides if you were if you're going to be a good business person which is just like the most bullshit arbitrary nonsense on the planet mm-hmm. and he got his money because he owned yahoo he owned a ton of yahoo and he he got out like a month before the stock market crashed for the tech bubble in the 1999 in the 90s <laughs> 1990 you mean the 2000s no no it was the, the oh you mean the tech you mean when the tech bubble was happening yeah when the, the tech 90s. bubble burst he okay. sold in like 1998 or 99 like it was literally like one or two months before everything crashed um and got out with billions yeah mm-hmm. but fuck mark cuban absolute clown <laughs> i yeah i just know him as the the owner of the mavs and i got beef with them so i'm, I'm not a supporter but it looks like her main competition here is queer eye and antiques roadshow i, I no way like, they're giving it to antiques roadshow I, i've no way yeah i feel like it's queer eye is the main competition um, yeah or maybe who do you think you are <laughs> which we are which is complete dark horse <laughs> yeah uh yeah queer eye is also on netflix right uh yeah then the new series it won last year um mm-hmm. i feel like they're gonna give it to him again um yeah i was gonna say here's my question as murray kondo is coming in as an outsider um well yeah like even though she's got the netflix deal and all that and I don't know. I'm always I'm always prepared for somebody to not let Asians win, and but then I remember that Sandra O oh won big last year. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I know the Oscars politics a lot better, because um, mm-hmm. I think the Oscars are a bigger deal in general, and a lot more people have written about their politics. You know, like the Oscars hate Netflix a lot more. Um, they are also just you know they they gave Green Book, which was. You know, it's a pretty, even a uh, moon, what's that? Moon, not Moonstruck. Moonlight. Moonlight, that's the one. Yeah, Moonstruck is also a great movie, but a lot older. Um, <laughs> yeah, Moonlight is great. Yeah, Moonlight was also great. I, 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 I watched that on Election Day 2016, which was uh, very dur- Oh, no, okay, we don't need to get back to that. <laughs> But yes, they gave that, which was pretty good. And then they like followed up by the Green Book, which was, I think it was just like a revolt of like all these old racist white people who were actually around the Academy about just getting tired of (laughs) having to be politically correct. Yeah. So like the reason why I bring that up is, I mean, we've covered some of the people who've been low-key racist about um, Maria Kondo's success and being and who is that economist we were calling out or barbara I, she wrote barbara i can write yeah yeah or she was writing about you can you can her success is a sign of america's <laughs> downfall it's absolute clown show yeah i i think i think yeah i i i don't know i don't know enough about the like internal politics i think she i think she definitely deserves the 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 i mean i think she she should win both but i think she's more likely to win the house just looking at the other nominees and mm-hmm. i would my bet is that queer eye wins it again but um i i feel like tidying up covers a lot of the same ground in a way stronger way than, than queer eye does yeah and like you said more accessible i think queer eye though their the reveal at the end or the the comparison is like it's i guess to, for lack of a better term is it's more life-changing yeah i think i i well i think i think uh queer eye has more of a narrative to it uh yeah exactly and every episode has like a very similar narrative in whereas it, it whereas tidying up is a more of a gradual transformation and sort of yeah. the breakthrough moment can happen at different points in the episode as opposed to this like big you know, because it, it, but I think that's how it reflects real life more is it's sort of a process rather than 
sort of someone swoops in and changes everything and fixes things. It's sort of yeah. you, know, you over over the course of like months even you slowly transform your life in a way you can take step by step and step, but it doesn't get you just like a huge transformation moment. Yeah, and by nature of that process in tidying up, it's the the changes are more sustainable. Yeah. Which um Yeah, I mean not that the changes aren't to the people's lifestyles in Queer Eye aren't sustainable, but there's just like a lot, a lot more to, um, to, to adjust and adapt to. I think, it, I think everything, the way that tidying up presents itself, it's something that you can take into your own life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, there's a lot of player haters for <laughs> Ms. Kondo, but the biggest player hater for her lately is someone who's actually suing her as we lead into our player haters club segment, um, somebody is suing her, accusing her, uh, Ms. Kondo of a- allegedly stealing her folding technique, which uh, those of you who've, who followed her work know that's a huge part of the, the KonMari method. So let me read TMZ's report. Um, Linda Cooper Smith, AKA, oh, she has her own AKAs, AKA the Beverly Hills organizer, um, went off about the agony of watching Kondo reap the benefits of an organizing technique she says she actually invented years ago. And um, basically, she has a, a folding technique that is similar to the way that Ms. Kondo folds and stands up clothes and advocates for. And she says that she laid it out in her 2005 book, Beverly Hills Organizers Home Organizing Bible. I'm just going to say, if you call yourself Beverly Hills anything, I don't give a shit if someone steals from you. <laughs> like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think Marie did, but even if she did, I would not give a shit. Uh, she, she counts Jennifer Lopez and Khloe Kardashian among her many celebrity clients. Yeah. And said she unveiled the method in 2003 on the Style Network's Clean House show. You're doing fucking fine. Get over it. Get out of here. Yeah, you look... It's not a good look. S- stop it. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> why, why is your book called The Beverly Hills Organizer's Home Organizing Bible? <laughs> Who... Ca- it's... Yeah. I don't know. I'm annoyed by it all. It just seems like clout, Jason. Um <laughs> yes, I mean, yes. I mean, it seems like someone in a more privileged position using in their privileged position to like try and push out a newcomer from a less privileged position. And the thing is, doesn't we cover this? But uh, Marie Kondo moved to LA, so she they probably live not too far from each other now. <laughs> so, so if, if I'm if I'm Ms. Kondo, I'm just like, pull up. Let's, you, want, Let's go. you want to handle this? We can handle it. Um, Slasher tires. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Ms. Kondo has shooters. <laughs> I can take care of this. Um, something interesting that is not related to this at all is we, we talked about how she moved to California from her, her home in Japan as, as she started to blow up in the West. I, I read an interview or saw something she sent out that said she moves every year and a half or so. Okay. To just a completely new home, which is like, huh? First, like it's 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 quite a flex. Those are those basketball player movement numbers. Yeah, like moving every year and a half. Um, so it's not it's not too far fetched to think that she might she might set up shop near you, Kenny, in New York. Oh boy. Um, once, once she's got that next season, mm-hmm. once she has the contract for that. Oh man, how dope would that be? She'd probably end up um, organizing like uh, <laughs> the the apartment of a Knicks player, right? Yeah, <laughs> that'll be dope. Um, I got I got yeah, news for you, Eric. All, uh-huh. all, the first thing that goes that gets it's not bringing them joy is the Knicks players themselves. Tipper <laughs> Frank. She could she. She could bring bring joy to the Knicks, hopefully. Um, yeah, I, that's wild. Like, think of think about the just the whole process of buying a new home every year and a half, 
moving all your no wonder she's become an expert at tidying yeah. and getting everything organized <laughs> you can't okay um so yeah miss cooper smith get the I, fuck I don't know if out. we have anything more to, <laughs> yeah get, get the fuck out of here but i'm looking at this tmz video and they have like um or this tmz page for the story and they've got a a video demonstrating her technique posted on the howdini like Houdini, but with how? <laughs> oh the Houdini channel. I need to get. I need to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot. Story. I mean, it's. It seems like a common folding technique. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, don't, but I think. I think that she does. She does have an argument here because she did. She was on TV demonstrating this technique. Yeah, and the fucking Houdini. Oh, wow. Who gives a shit network? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's the that's the sad part i don't think that she stole the technique here but um i'm sure this will be be in the courts for a bit but i don't know um she's got that raccoon money now she's got the resources yeah <laughs> so she could she she might just bury bury her in paperwork or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how these things work, but I got I got to imagine like this lawsuit is too late to actually like sink sink her. You know. Yeah. She's she like as you're saying, she she's got she's got the lawyers that offend her now. She she ain't getting touched. Yeah, I I think like this might get settled actually. Yeah, I would I would I think you're probably right. Um but I, I think I think this person is just wants to get her name out there. Yep, definitely a clout. Yeah, if you're if you're the Beverly Hills organizer, you are a clout chaser. I'm gonna put that out there. Yeah. Um. Okay. So in lieu of a uh, my tr- my usual shirt report, since we don't have an episode to talk about, since we don't have new episodes yet. <laughs> Not for a while. Uh, I'm going to tr- transform this into my Eric's sock report. Because <laughs> I recently copped some new Darn Tough socks. They were on sale. Um, and th- it is a brand that we've mentioned many times. Vermont made merino wool socks. As you know, I'm the Filipino bull in merino wool. And I I finally got myself some um, no-show Darn Tough socks. Nice. And I think before I'd gotten like the sort of like crew. Okay. I think that that's the, that's the length that they're called or the ones that almost go up half your calf. But I wanted to try out some no-show socks because it's a summer and. I'm all about the no-show socks. That's, that's what I like. Yeah. I actually did like, I, I research any, any clothing I buy and I did put in way too much time looking at what the best no-show socks were and it's it's just always darn tough yeah like they really can't be beat when it comes to socks how are we not getting getting that well i think i i I, I think they know that we just say this even without getting paid (laughs) but okay Uh, okay here's here's our ultimatum go on if we haven't gotten paid by by episode 15 we're changing our stance um we're gonna we're gonna hype up some other sock company instead (laughs) And um, you lost your shot. <laughs> we no, I was gonna say we should just send them an invoice. We don't need to work this out. <laughs> so, who do you get your no-show socks from? Um, I think I also actually got my my dime t- socks, the last socks I bought, and I'm trying to remember. I got them from somewhere else. Let me check my email. So if. If if you're buying from um from darn tough for these, you have to make sure that you get because they're not just called the no-show ones because the no-show ones are like they're still a little bit high up up on your ankle and they have like a tab so if you search for just no-show and you see like their their vertical or the vertex socks those aren't it they have you have to search for topless okay which is like a weird way to call it it's like topless no-show darn tough socks and it's like a, a a blend of nylon and merino and maybe um um polyester and they're they're actually really nice, but they're a bit tight on the ankles. Okay. And 
if you if you don't size appropriately, which is like a medium if you're size seven to nine and a half, large, and if you want to go higher than that, small if you want to get lower than that, and but they can like they can leave your your ankle a bit sore if you don't get the right size. Okay. So, so I, I recommend getting that. By the way, they have. When I was researching which which versions of their socks to get for this sale, they have a tactical sock, which um, I don't know why socks have to be tactical. Maybe if you're you're in the mil- your armed services, well, it's you want tactical. It's because there's a certain kind of dipshit who will buy anything <laughs> with the word tactical in it. <laughs> Did you see me tweet earlier this week? The the tactical magazine sleeve. No. It's it's just like a sleeve for your magazine, and it's got like the Molly webbing okay. on it, and it's got like extra zip pockets, and it's like waterproof. It's a fifty dollar sleeve for a magazine. Mm-hmm. But if that brings you joy, by all means, yeah. I I don't. <laughs> there aren't a ton of those guys in New York, but I there were definitely some of those uh, guys where I grew up. Um, you, you know, I'm talking about just like obsessed with the military even though they've never been in it and just sort of like you know borderline obsessed with like us you know like a school shooter trying something (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) um yeah i i I definitely have run into or seen people who are i mean it's also an aesthetic yeah having like the, the the military the mil spec gear and um yeah it's not exactly my thing i have like my backpack is kind of military inspired or um made for that but i just wanted a durable backpack yeah i mean like i don't know like some of the stuff's pretty good um and like army surplus stores have good stuff um for like certain kinds of things what are you buying from the surplus store uh, i haven't bought anything but I've, that's what i've heard um is it yeah, like boots and jackets. Yeah, and yeah. Just, just sort of st- any sort of thing where it would be something, you know, you'd go under heavy wear. There's actually like an army surplus store that is pretty close to us um, that's always advertising random stuff. Okay, so my Darn Tough sock review, they're great if you need a no-show no socks. I got them for... Since they were on discount, they were like $13 each, which is kind of wild to pay when you think about you can buy like a pack of Hanes socks for like $5 for a dozen. Mm-hmm. But they're really nice and you don't have to wash them as often. Like I don't I don't know if you if how often you wash your socks or if you wash them by hand because since they're made out of merino wool, you kind of have to have like a I don't know. It just it just complicates your life. But anyway, they're nice to have when you're traveling and you want to carry fewer stuff mm-hmm. on you. Just to have like a, a shirt or socks that you can wear a couple days instead of just once. I forget where I got my last socks from. It was Bombas. And they're pretty good. That's the brand or that's the store? Uh, I think it's the brand and the store. The One of the things about Darn Tough is like the place that has the the sales the most often for them is like gobros.com <laughs> which is like like great now on my my credit card statement i have gobros that sounds like a, it's a porn site or something <laughs> okay all right what, what have we learned this episode okay <laughs> Eric, eric's eric's establishing a, a convoluted lie to cover up is <laughs> yeah. yeah when when alexis is like what is this charge on a card for gobros like oh no you gotta listen to this episode it's just it's like See, a six I, month I con of recording a podcast with me <laughs> just to pretend that gobros is a place you buy socks I, I promise you i am not getting my rocks off at gobros at a site called go i'm not visiting it Okay, actually, I can't say I'm not visiting a site called GoBros because I'm literally visiting them for socks. So I, I can't make that claim. Okay, Kenny, what have we learned this episode? Okay, I'll start off. Um, I learned that um, I want to be changing my pillowcase more often because I really thought that once was already a lot, once a week. I, I mean, apparently, apparently there's, there are people out there with, with better pillowcase changing games than us. So, so this guy, he changes it 
every night. It reminded me, um, this coworker I used to have, she said the guy she dated, he would wear a new pair of socks every time and he would just throw away the, the sock the, at the end of the day. What? Like, no lie. I, we were both bewildered by this. Like, he would just open... I'm guessing he's buying the yeah, cheapo yeah, hand socks. What a flex to, to just throw away a darn tough sock every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these were definitely the super cheap white socks. Uh, and this was about, shit, 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> and it stuck with me since. And she just told me the story. He just has this whole thing about dirty feet. And I think he was also, like, not shaming her, but kind of wanted her to do the oh same. Oh, my God. Break up with him. Thought, 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 thoughts on this? Like I've never heard. I've never heard anything like this ever again. Until at least this person is reusing their. Yeah, pillowcases. yeah. It's just, it's just. That's wild. And it's so wasteful. It's yeah. Because it's not like people weren't recycling socks back then. What? And I doubt he was donating him. What even? I think I like heard of someone else who like hated doing laundry so much that they just bought like they just wore stuff a bunch of times and then threw them out and bought something new but i guess he just thought it felt dirty even after washing sock, it though jeez i mean socks do get pretty gross they're like yeah but you wash them and that's <laughs> okay what have you learned this episode Jenny? I, mean, I just learned that <laughs> yeah. i'm like coming to terms with this and that is definitely the most um, anti Con Marie <laughs> content we've ever had on here. Jeez, now, there's got to be have been something that happened in their childhood. Um, I think I, like like a, like it's got to be like a carry type situation where they were in, they were at prom and then somebody dumped like a bunch of used socks on them. <laughs> <laughs> or something or threw yeah. used socks at him at, at, a, at a public event and then he's been traumatized because it, it seems like so there's something behind this neurosis yeah we're, we're, we're working through something here <laughs> yeah. yeah that just doesn't happen organically no um i think i learned that you really like antiques roadshow and i didn't know this about you it's so the thing about antiques roadshow it's, it's perfect when you want something to watch while you're eating dinner, because it's usually on around here in our mm-hmm. um, public broadcasting channel around that time of like seven or, or whatever. And there's no commercials. Okay. Except like towards the end, there's kind of, by the way, the, the host on the American antiques roadshow, I'm pretty sure his name is Mark Wahlberg. No. Yeah. I'm look it up. I'm sure. <laughs> we're, we're looking it up right now. Mark Wahlberg Antiques Roadshow. Oh my god! Yeah. What the? So fuck? it is not. It is not the the um, action film actor who I I I always try to make sure to point out is kind of a shithead too. Yeah. For, um, um, for some of the racist shit he did as a kid. For for those who aren't aware, he 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 beat up a Vietnamese shop owner so bad that the guy was blind afterwards yeah um so yeah so the antiques roadshow mark Wahlberg is completely different however i do make a point to say that he's keeping it funky whenever i see him on the <laughs> antiques roadshow he is keeping it funky yeah <laughs> he doesn't actually do anything on the show oh i guess his name is spelled differently that's worth pointing out he doesn't have the h in Wahlberg. okay yeah, <laughs> me knowing that, I guess, reveals... I guess I am a, a huge um, Antiques Roadshow stand. Okay. Yeah, you are. <laughs> this episode turned out better than I expected. It always does. You have you have no faith in us. Well, I look at our, I look at our outlines when we record, and I'm like, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't count remember... on my charisma, my... my... My uniqueness, my nerve, my talent. <laughs> no, I don't. I, re- I really don't. Those aren't dependable things for me. <laughs> um, 
do we have anything else to say in this episode? I'm really glad if, if anybody stuck through. I, I think we rewarded them with that with these two mind-blowing revelations of the we need a name for this sock the sock thrower awayer person and the the revelation of Mark Wahlberg. I think those were two great reveals to have at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um I'm thinking what's what's so there's the Antichrist and he's kinda like the Anticondo. <laughs> but it doesn't sound yeah. good yeah oh that's a lot more creative than i was just gonna come up with like sock waster or i don't know all right is that is that a a deal breaker for you let's say you were dating let's say claire insisted on buying a new pair of darn tough socks um i i mean especially if it was darn tough i would be like it'd be like that drill tweet with the candles (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> yeah this is definitely a, a drill tweet <laughs> but i mean i would be um, like you know like i i just feel like that's that's not going to be the only thing that's just like some just like totally wild behavior that's just non-functional um like, just, like I, I feel like this person is just not going to do laundry and you know you know i it was just the socks, though. It wasn't. It, it wasn't anything else. I, I just like could not believe this was really isolated. <laughs> I I haven't talked to this coworker since. I want to like find her on Facebook and follow up with her on this because I've been thinking about it ever since. And I think I've only shared this story with with Alexis and you. Okay. Well, now the whole world's gonna know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Our Twitter handles, mine is at Tiny Cartridge. Mine is at Anar Simon Moon. What why did we say we were gonna share our Twitter handles earlier? So people could tweet their advice questions or something else at us. Oh, oh about their pillowcase habits. I kept fucking up and saying pillow sheets, which is not a real thing. <laughs> right? It's just sheets and pillowcases. Yeah. Pillow sheets. Pillow sheets are not real. You're not going to find anything searching for that. Uh, I think that's our podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, 